Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to talk about our membership program. Uh, we recently broke a pretty big milestone. We have over 100 startups and small businesses on the platform offering up to 50% off all their product and gear. If you're like me and you're always looking for a new uh, backpack or new gear for your addictions, whether it's skiing, snowboarding, camping, surfing, whatever it is related to the outdoors, you can hop onto this membership and peruse all of the brands. We're constantly adding new ones um, to really support all of your outdoor activities. We also have a number of travel companies. So if you're looking to take a trip, whether it's to Machu Picchu, South America, wherever, um, you can save on that as well. We also have a number of food brands, whether you need a new energy bar or you just need to, f- you want to find something uh, that's different and check it out. You can f- save while doing it. Um, you can also apply to become an ambassador for a lot of these brands. There's a ton of perks. So if you are interested in checking this out, head over to readyeddy.com slash members and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Health IQ. Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for living a health-conscious lifestyle. Learn more and get a free quote at healthiq.com slash readyyeti. What is going on, Ready Yeti Podcast listeners? Josh Salvo here, your host. On today's episode, I am sitting down with the co-founders of Windward Jerky, Steve Bodie and Anthony Garcia. Guys, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. How you doing? Thanks for having us. Definitely. So let's uh, let's start off. Uh, what is Windward Jerky to someone who's never heard of uh, of your business? So Windward Jerky is a 100% grass-fed beef jerky business. We've kind of taken a different approach to beef jerky in that we we tell stories. Well, we tell story with a lot of our flavors. So a lot of our flavors are kind of grounded in just kind of home cooked marinades, home cooked recipes, and uh, we use as good ingredients as we can as possible and um that's kind of how we grow and um yeah that, that's awesome so what made you guys decide to start a, a jerky company well for probably the longest time we've we've gone back and forth of trying to figure out a business that we wanted to start we kind of had been talking about it for for a long time that we wanted to go down the road of working for ourselves and I'm a big, I cook a lot at home. I have a Hawaiian Filipino background. So I did a lot of uh, Hawaiian Filipino uh, marinades and recipes on the grill. And it was honestly, I also coach youth hockey. So I was up in Bishop, California for doing a small little hockey camp. This was probably three or four years ago now. And uh, there was this shop there that that sold jerky and, and some smoked meats and sandwiches and stuff. And um it was it was amazing, and once we got back, I started doing some research into um, just that whole space, uh, snack foods and stuff. And Anthony and I had met one day, and I, I told him, I said, "Okay, hear me out. Um, <laughs> it's not it's not it might not sound the coolest, but what about beef jerky?" And he goes, "Beef jerky." Yeah, I immediately didn't dismiss it, but it wasn't like, uh, "Okay, yeah, definitely, let's do this." So. The idea kind of had to grow, but I didn't say no to it. And that was one of the first ideas we were throwing out that I'm like, okay, let's explore this a little bit. So then I took uh, one of 
like uh, I would do a lot of teriyaki recipes for for family get-togethers. So I basically just took that exact recipe and I had cut some meat up. And in hindsight, the meat was too thick. The product didn't come out as pretty as as what it is now. I mean, for what jerky can be. And I just put it in in a low oven, as low as the oven could go. And I think it was two days later. Yeah, two days um, after the initial conversation, he presented me with the first batch he made. And I thought it was probably one of the best pieces of jerky I've ever had. And from there, the idea just kind of kept uh, growing over the, uh, the first few weeks we talked about it. Yeah, so I guess that's how we've kind of got into um, at least beef jerky as the business. And from then on, it was just a bunch of research and testing. And um, that's how it started, at least. So what's your background? How did you guys meet? And did you always know that you wanted to start a business together? Well, we, we both went to high school together, um, and then after college, we, we both had kind of gone our separate ways in terms, of, in terms of work and business, and it was one of those things where I think we both kind of were at the same spot where we both gotten jobs outside, out after school, and it was one of those things where we just wanted to kind of start working for ourselves. And we would meet just because uh, we've known each other forever, gone to high school and stuff, and just meet every time we'd catch up. We'd just throw out ideas, and there had been um, ideas about uh, starting a brewery, like you know those grand schemes that weren't really feasible at the time. And um, once we got the idea, it was it was all hands in, and we just kind of jumped in, and and now we're figuring it out as we go. Yeah, for, same same here. It's it's just one of those things where. Our whole lives, you know, the adults in our lives from coaches, teachers, uh, parents, which just kind of direct us towards that whole route of doing well in school, going to college, and then getting a job, starting a career. And it wasn't really until recently that, you know, after graduating college and taking on those jobs that we just never felt completely fulfilled there. So we wanted to take a stab at doing something for ourselves. Now, when you started, decided to start Winward Jerky, who would you say were you really targeting? Who do you think really benefits from uh, the product that you guys make? I do a lot of, um, I'm big in the hockey world, but then I also do a lot of hiking on the side. And so I have a few friends that I would hike with all the time. And I think just anybody that's in like the active space, outdoor space is somebody that can really, or, or people that go to the gym, somebody that that can really benefit from, from this. It's, it's our product at least is it's not loaded with a lot of sugar and salt. We try to keep that to a minimum because we want to pay our respects to kind of the ingredients in the marinades and, and the flavors and stories that we're trying to build. Um, so it's naturally a healthier jerky uh, because of that. And I think it's just, it's a natural fit for anybody who might be out on the trail or, or riding a bike or, or taking a break in the middle of a sports game. Or um, That's really the, the target that we're, we're trying to go for is, is those people that are always out and about and just need that, that snack that's on the go and, and is healthy um, as a side. Okay, so you, you, you create that first batch, right? And uh, you both like it. What, what happened next? What did the process of really um, fine-tuning the recipes and then figuring out uh, your sort of process in, in making this on a larger scale and really turning it into a legitimate business? So we've, once we kind of got the idea of, okay, this is something that we could feasibly do, uh, then we started testing a couple different recipes that we we thought would would be good and and work well with the original teriyaki 
So then it, it was a good probably year of us just making and, and iterating the recipes from making them at home in the oven. And it wasn't until uh, friends and family started basically offering to, hey, I'll give you five bucks for if you make me some or if you save some of your next batch. And, and it, it really turned the idea into something that we could we could run with when people heard that, hey, when's, when's the next time you're making your, your teriyaki? When's the next time you're making your spicy guava? Like, can I get, um, can I get a, few, uh, a little bit of that, that batch? And so when we got to that point, then we, we just kind of saved, saved, some, saved some of the cash on the side. And then really, we're like, okay, this is something that people are willing to pay for. And it was friends, it was family, it was friends of friends that had just heard about us from, um, from people that we knew. And then from there, we started researching, okay, how do we do this in a larger scale at larger volume so that we could feasibly launch a business from it? Um, and we always had targeted e-commerce from the start. So we, we basically did some research. We found uh, a co-packer who was willing to work with us, basically somebody who would private label our recipes and our brand for us. And once we got to that point where, okay, we were set on, okay, when we launched, we want to launch with these three flavors. Now, when we, we went back and forth in our conversations with our co-packer, we would basically send them a bunch of jerky from each flavor up um, and the recipes. And a few weeks later, we get a shipment back from what they had made from our recipes and how the, the meat was cut. And we would taste it. We would talk about it. And then we'd tell our co-packer, okay, hey, maybe on this flavor, change this or that. And then we went through that sampling process for, depending on the flavor, about two, three, four batches until we were able to settle on something that we really could get behind as as our i guess minimum viable product that we wanted to launch on the website and once we had we launched with three three flavors we launched with our teriyaki our peppered garlic herb and then our spicy guava one once we once we got all three of those flavors set to where we wanted we said okay let's 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 go from there let's get a website up and uh, let's see how many people outside of friends and family would be willing to to buy this product and the only thing I want to emphasize what Stephen mentioned is a key part of that process because it started really early on in the kitchen and we'd sample it out to our personal network, friends, family, coworkers. Um, it's one thing to get good feedback from them, but the key step in the process when we knew we were on the right track is when they really wanted to put their hard-earned money in and buy our jerky. So it's not enough to just go out and get positive feedback from your loved ones and your friends. If they really want to buy it and, and buy it in large quantities and that, that, that's when you know you have something. And that was a key step in the process when we knew the, the flavor was starting to get dialed in. Now, did you guys have any mentors throughout this process? Uh, it's really just been the two of us to start. Uh, we don't have any, I guess, business-specific mentors. I've had, we had one friend who, um, named Ari, who has, I'd worked with prior to starting One Word who's really big into um, brand marketing, storytelling, and he's worked in marketing in one of the large clothing shoe industries out here in Southern California. He worked in, in that industry for 15 years. And um, every time that I'd kind of talked to him, it was he really grounded us in how we wanted to, when I told him we wanted to tell stories with all our flavors. And he really grounded us in terms of how we told those stories. And it's not really selling our product, but 
if we're inherently building stories in each flavor, whether it's around the recipes or the marinades or just some sort of nonfiction thing that we want to pull with each of the, each of the stories, it's by telling those stories and, and focusing the brand on that empathetic uh, fuel, it would benefit the company more in the long term um, instead of just selling the product. So he was probably the main one um, on my end. And I guess since I'm really big into youth coaching out here in, in the hockey industry, it's we don't have a lot of specific business mentors, but a lot of the kids and the, the players and the, the parents that I've, I've worked with in the last year or so, they've really been a, a driving force and helping me kind of push the company because they're they're the, the, the network that was real big when we uh, talked about when we were testing it, how they were the ones that were first like, Hey, this is great. Like, can we buy some, can we buy some? And so that's really been a driving factor for, for, for myself personally, in terms of building the company. Now, what, what has the growth been like since you guys started? Obviously it took you guys some time to really fine tune the recipes and then figure out, um, the process of, of really manufacturing it on a, on a large enough scale, um, to become a business. So what did you guys do that really helped you get your name out there and help you guys grow? Uh, when we, when we had the idea that we were researching, uh, once we were set with the co-packers and stuff and we wanted to open up a website, we really, uh, we've done some research in terms of landing pages, pre-launch landing pages. So, We've tried to build up, I, th- I believe it was the month prior, two months prior to launching the official website. Uh, we've really reached out to our network and friends of friends and family members and said, hey, we want to launch this this company in the next month or so. And we put up a pre-launch landing page to, to gain emails uh, that we could launch to. And that was pretty successful and from what we thought and we were able to use i think at the time it was a few hundred emails that we when we launched the official website when we first started selling we launched to that base list of emails and the first month we kind of i remember when we were getting the notifications for for the sales online we were honestly kind of shocked with on that first day that we launched how many how many sales were coming through and it was it was it was both pretty cool and a little bit terrifying because <laughs> that was kind of the the point where we realized okay we're in it like yeah. we're we're in it to kind of go and see how far it gets and every month since that point we've we've been testing different marketing outlets um and working with different people to to grow it but every month after we launched in february of 2017 has has been pretty steady and we're, we're slowly starting to grow to the point where now we want to test a little bit more wholesale accounts and, and work with uh, some larger business partners if we can, because we still want to very closely monitor a volume and, and, and reserve some for our e-commerce site. And so that's where we're at right now. Now in figuring out the, the manufacturing process and the packaging and, really creating this business. How did you keep sustainability in mind? We always wanted to start when we first started uh, talking about beef jerky, we talked about specifically, okay, beef jerky, what, what aren't a lot of companies doing in terms of beef jerky? And at the time being 100% grass fed, grass finish wasn't from what we could find 
relatively ubiquitous. It was it was okay. This is 100% USDA beef, and and that was the big push that a lot of companies were doing. So when we first started, that was the big thing that we wanted to push: the 100% grass fed, grass finished beef, so that the 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 product the cows are raised on open pastures are never confined. There's no uh, factory farming, anything like that. And we, when we talk about the story for when we launched uh, Winward, it's very driven by quality of food that that we want to pursue and that we want to push the quality of ingredients. So we wanted to go that route of just 100% grass fed, grass or grass fed, grass finished beef. And then on top of that, we didn't want to add any ingredients into the marinades or the recipes that didn't add to the flavor, the overall flavor and the, um, well, yeah, the overall flavor of the final product. So there's no added sugars. There's no added, added salt over what, you could just use at home if you're marinated meat for the grill or for any any home cooking um, scenario. You have fr- friends or family over. On top of that, we're really committed to um, pursuing sustainable packaging. I guess I was kind of I listened to your Regrain podcast and um, was really inspired by those guys. So we're currently and we're currently working on moving our packaging to at least sixty percent compostable. Um, 60% renewable. The thing with grass-fed or beef jerky in general is that you need a, a high barrier seal on the product to to keep it from spoiling or to keep the moisture outside. So that's something we're also actively actively working on, and it's something that we really want to build into the business as we grow. Hey everyone, just a quick thank you to our sponsor who helped make the Ready Eddy podcast possible. Health IQ. If you listen to this podcast, you're more than likely a pretty active person. At some point in your life, you're going to need life insurance. So why not benefit from your active lifestyle? It shouldn't be a surprise to you that being active increases your longevity. Reward yourself for all the effort you've put into staying active. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people, including runners, cyclists, triathletes, strength trainers, vegans, and more. Learn more and get a free quote at healthiq.com slash ready yeti. With the both of you in building this business, it's, um, it's still pretty young. I wanted to ask you what a normal day looks like for you. Cause I know Steve, you still uh, do other work on the, on the side and Anthony, you just recently uh, committed more full time to uh, windward jerky. So, what what does a normal day look like for you if there is one? <laughs> there, there really isn't like a normal day, and that's kind of what we uh, what's really intriguing about starting your own business is you have that freedom to to do different tasks all the time. But like a normal day for me, because I focus a lot on digital advertising, so managing different stuff, whether it was a Google AdWords platform or on Facebook advertising, looking at the results there and trying to fine tune that. But I'm also a lot of what I do is the accounting. So I got stuck doing the tax work and the day-to-day accounting. So I'll, I'll do some of that stuff throughout the morning. But a lot of the time, it's just, you know, brainstorming together and working on ideas that we can do to further the business and getting creative and, and tackling different creative solutions to social media marketing or whatever we're doing. Yeah, on my side, it's it's working with our co-packer to, um, to keep refining the product and 
the marketing side, we both kind of tackled together and, and working on different kind of partnerships that um, we could get our product out there and more visible um, with the end consumer and, and brainstorm ways that we could push the marketing even, even further. And on top of that, it's, it's basically researching uh, future avenues that we could potentially go down in terms of so that the company doesn't become stagnant and that we're always looking to, to improve and, and iterate as we grow. And, and a lot of uh, working with our or managing our current customer base and answering emails in terms of questions and, and making sure everybody that, that has um, purchased with us is, is interacting on social media with us and is happy with the product and, and making sure that we're doing everything we can uh, from Winward to, to really um, over-deliver in all aspects of, of what we're doing. What would you say has been one of the hardest parts about starting and, and building Winward? So I, I think one of the toughest challenges is, is for the time being, we're committed to, to remaining self-financed and we don't want to, at the time being, incur any long-term debt or loans or anything like that. So that's been a real challenge for us because what that means is we have a small budget and then just being able to manage that small budget effectively can become a challenge. I mentioned, you know, we do a lot of, you know, digital advertising. So there's a lot of platforms and a lot of marketing avenues that you could put money into. But when you have a tiny budget, you can't just divide it all equally because it becomes ineffective. So you really have that challenge of picking the right uh, platforms for you and then, you know, giving it a short leash in case it doesn't work for you. And there's finding the right combination to make the most out of, of, of the budget constraint that you have. And on another side, it's just making sure that um, if you do hit that rough patch that every entrepreneur does hit, that you kind of, you learn to, to grow from it and bounce back and, and, and keep pushing yourselves that if, okay, if this doesn't work, why doesn't it work? What can we do to improve that situation? And, and how can we move on from that to, to best, I guess, maximize our, our smaller budget and, and grow the company to the point that we're at now and that we can keep pushing it as we, as we go. So that's, that is a big part that's, that's hard in starting your own business. Cause you do have those moments where you're kind of, you, you're second, you might be second guessing yourself or you might just wish you had done it a different way, but you kind of got to roll with punches and, and work on improving every single time that you, you, you push a different Avenue or a different, um, a different flavor or um, just to keep improving the product and, and the company and, and learn as you grow. Uh, I want to ask you, did you guys have any experience with the digital marketing before you started working with Winward or sort of did you just learn as you went? A lot of it has is been learning as we grow. I've done a little bit in, uh, for my marketing side jobs, but uh, not to the extent that we've done so far. So we, we do take a rather... Um, kind of we a test and learn approach to it. So we will have hypotheses that we want to test and we, we, we allocate certain resources into making sure that we're, we're testing that avenue to the point that we can really pinpoint the, the factors that are driving um, traffic to the website or whatever goal it is that we're trying to, to gauge and then iterating that process and then improving it and, and growing from it. So that's kind of helped us attack such a large platform. That's interesting. Now, what would you say are some of your greatest fears in regards to WinWord and, and how do you guys manage that? 
I think, uh, not to give a cliche answer, but the biggest fear I have is failure. And I think that's natural for any entrepreneur or first time entrepreneur. So the feeling that, Hey, what if this doesn't work out is always a big fear, but the, the way I manage it is just, I realize that no matter what happens, I've gotten a more hands-on business education working with Windward and working on this business in the last year and a half, and much more so than I ever got when I actually got my business degree for four years. So just willing to accept that, hey, failures can be turned into a learning experience and you can fail forward and learn from it at the worst case scenario really helps with that kind of fear. I guess on, on, more, and on the company side, especially, it's just that the the CPG industry, the snack food industry is, is really changing in terms of sustainability. And I just want to make sure that we don't, we change quick enough. So if, if there's changes in, in the grass fed meat space or, or in terms of packaging that we're, we're really adapting to capitalize on any of those changes in the market um, to make sure that we're as sustainably driven as, as possible. And, and we're, we're quick to grow with that. What would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you guys have made up to this point? Well, I guess, so going back to that, that landing page launch, probably one of the bigger mistakes that we did pre-launch is, so the one thing with grass-fed beef is that we had to get approval through the USDA uh, to use made with 100% grass-fed beef on our packaging. And when we had first submitted our, our artwork for our packaging, it didn't say made with 100% grass-fed beef. It said something along the lines of sustainably raised grass-fed beef. And we knew that we had to submit that packaging to the USDA for approval to make that claim. But we had put a landing page out prior to on, on the timeline that we would think, okay, six to eight weeks, USDA approval. It'll come in on that eight-week span. We can put the signing page out at this time, and we can we can be quick to to launch our product. Needless to say, that it didn't work on that timeline. We had to <laughs> change the one wording of sustainably raised grass-fed beef to made with 100% grass-fed beef, and resubmit that to the USDA, which added another six to eight weeks yeah. on that timeline, and we weren't able to launch the landing page as we wanted. So I say that's probably one of the bigger mistakes that we made prior to our launch and something that we we won't make again. Yeah, we were just very eager to launch and kind of jump the gun too soon and spent money a lot sooner than we needed to. Yeah, I get that. I, I, there's at least a few instances where I've done that. <laughs> so we're, kind of, we're more cautious with our timelines now and we make sure not to commit to anything before it's 100% sure that we can, even if that means waiting a little longer or, or pushing deadlines back. Yeah, everything always costs more and takes longer than you think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so where do you see Windward Jerky in the next year, five years, 10 years down the road? So I, I think um, I think in the, in the five-year timeline, I, I think we're going to scale and kind of we, we call ourselves a small batch jerky company right now. We're going to ditch that and scale and grow and kind of get our costs down so we can have a more attractive uh, price point for, for wholesale at big box retailers. And I think with that, that's going to probably require us bringing a lot or, or most of the production in-house um, within five years. And I don't know. I mean, with, with within 10 years, I, I really hope we, you know, going for the Hail Mary here and being one of those top brands you think of when you think of beef jerky, 
and then just having that kind of consumer awareness. And I think at the the entire time we want to try to make sure that we remain independently owned. Right. We really want to see how far we can grow windward um, before we bring in any outside help in. So uh, that's a big goal of ours. What advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a food related business or really just a business in general? Um, I think if, if you have the idea of wanting to start a business, if you have the time to try to work on a skill set that you might need when you actually start a business. So if to a little bit more about my background. Before we we launched Windward, I I did a little bit of marketing work for a startup clothing company out here. And it was really eye-opening in terms of what we needed to focus on to try to grow our customer base and what aspects of marketing and advertising we wanted to push. And and that's originally where I met had met Ari, who I talked about earlier. And how to focus on your, your customer segments and, and your target market that you wanted to do. So before I had done any of that work at that startup, I had I really had no idea about any of those aspects of, of running a company. And it was something I'm really grateful for that I, I had learned. Yeah. Um, so that's if you can try to to grow that, that skill set before you have before you want to launch your company, uh, when you have the idea. And then finally, when, once you are comfortable, it's, I guess it's just do it, try to launch it. Yeah. If you, it depends where, where in the process you are. I mean, like Steven said, if you're further along from, from starting, definitely try to get employed and, and kind of decrease that learning curve for those hard skills you're going to need when, when you start your own business. Like for example, I, I definitely wish I, I would have focused on the digital marketing aspect or that space before I started Windward. Uh, but if, if you're on, if you kind of hesitant to pull the trigger, um, and just realize that mistakes can and they do happen, and no amount of preparation is going to get you ready for that. Rarely do entrepreneurs, especially first-time entrepreneurs, get it 100% right the first time. So just get comfortable being uncomfortable because it's going to happen. You can't. No amount of preparation is going to let you get off mistake-free when you first start a business. And don't think that you need the perfect product to launch with. You read a lot about a minimum viable product. It, it really is true is once you get a product that you're even somewhat comfortable with, see if, start testing it. See what kind of feedback you can get and if people want to start um, or are interested in buying that product from you. And then once you get that out there, then you get a lot of feedback on what you can change, what you can improve, what you can ditch and, and you can change and grow from there. So if you have that idea, just just go for it and don't think that you need the absolute perfect product um, to launch with. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And especially now when I feel the education system sort of raises you to be afraid of failure or look at failure as sort of the ultimate um, worst case scenario, <laughs> yeah, you know, which you think is so wrong. And, it, and I think it really messes a lot of people up, especially like, uh, right when they graduate and they're in those first few years of like trying to figure out their life when there's not this like, sort of like planned <laughs> thing that you're supposed to follow through. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like our whole lives are, we're kind of, it's instilled in our heads to, to get to that college degree 
and get a job, but like specifying beyond that what life is like after that, it's not really detailed. So you kind of have to figure out a lot and really fast when you get that degree and you finally graduate. So yeah, we don't learn that much uh, about the real world in college, I don't think. It's definitely not in the business perspective. Oh no, I agree completely. Like my, my business degree <laughs> was a joke <laughs> compared to like starting my business. You it's know, like it's teaching you to how to be an employee at a, another company and, and not really how to run a business. Yeah, and it's really expensive. <laughs> okay, exactly. Yeah, tell me about it. Yep. Like uh, I've spent less money building my business than on my college education, <laughs> like, which is which is kind of sad. Um, way more. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, that's that's a whole yeah. other rabbit hole of things. Um, I I I, uh, I want to appreciate you guys for taking the time to come on and share your story. Um, for the listener that wants to uh, keep tabs on all the things that you guys are doing, where's the best place for them to do that? Uh, you can on our website whenwe'rejerky.com and all our social media accounts are just at when we're jerky. We're really active on that in terms of um, telling everyone what we've got going on and. That's the best place. Yep. Awesome. And for the listener that wants to enter to win some Windward Jerky, along with a ton of other gear from other outdoor startups, you can enter between March 27th and April 24th. Just head over to readyyeti.com for your chance to win. And uh, with that, I, Steve and uh, Anthony, I really appreciate you guys uh, taking the time. It really was a blast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Eddie Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.